as the white heterosexual male, I'm aware that I'm going to be the bad guy here a lot, right? I am going to be on the wrong side of issues that we discuss almost every time. So like Black Lives Matter, the trans thing, Trump. I mean, <laughs> all of these things really come down to, you know, my people being insensitive. Let's call it that, right? And this is him speaking as a white male, if we haven't clarified that already. Yeah. Yeah, and my co-host here is not a white male, mostly, though he is a giant dork. Shots uh, fired. Is that shots, or is that just like a nah, statement of fact? All my life. I grew up in a white school. You tell me. You grew up in Dayton. Yeah, well, Dayton and then, yeah, just one white school like, in the next. Dayton is, you know, one of the whiter areas at Ohio, and that's saying something. But I was like seven when I moved, though. Oh. So I wasn't listening to my own at that point, you know. Mm. When you're seven, you're still like a little, I don't know anything. <laughs> I love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't learned to hate yet. <laughs> I mean... Gay means happy. <laughs> I mean, I want to agree with that, but I, I feel like there are some criminals who have learned to hate by then. <laughs> and it's depressing, but I mean, you can't really argue too much about that, you know. I think you learn pretty early on about social conventions, right? I mean, you not be you might not be able to put words into it, no. but I feel like yeah, you from your parents and your peers, even at like 4 or 5, you still kind of pick up cues. Oh, yeah. You may not get it, but you're still like, hmm, daddy does not there's not like that chocolate man over there. Oh yeah. Like my grandparents called black people coloreds when they were being polite. Okay, fun thing about that. <laughs> oh, so, yes. I, you know, we all here work with youngsters, and one of the youngsters I was uh, talking to, so I was in the service industry, and there was this, you know, ambiguously brown fellow off to the side. I'm like, yo, is this product for the guy over there? And uh, she's like, you mean that colored man? <laughs> huh. Interesting. And I questioned about that. And basically, apparently... From politeness to, like, no, it's, like, colored, black, African-American, and then the N-word. It's how she was taught. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... She's also, like, 17, say how, 18, something like that. Colored is just, like, what does that mean anyhow, right? Because you don't call an Asian person colored, right? Like, you don't call an Indian person well, colored. Well, I've never actually been around many Indians or Asians. Well, they're the same. Well... Okay, which Indians? I'm confused now. Well, <laughs> whenever we say Asian, what we mean is East Asian, right? Yeah. We mean China, yeah. we mean Japan, we mean Korea, and to some degree Southeast Asian. When we say Indian, we could say South Asian, but we mean Indian, right? Because to us, they're different things. Like, all of these distinctions are purely arbitrary, right? Like, what makes someone white? Your stick is the whole, I am white, so I am right. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm whitey-righty, or righty-whitey. Yeah. Righty-whitey, that's what I am. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm black and I'm a hermit. <laughs> so, if I seem ignorant on things, it's because I'm a hermit. So, if you bring up issues, and I'm all like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I had to look up, like, today at, like, two for, like, 20 minutes. It's because I'm a hermit. Uh, your ability to prepare, it's great. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> here's the thing about current events, is that, like, you know, I haven't had to do that since, like, 2001. <laughs> when they made us do it in, like, health class or whatever it was. They made... Really? Current events in health class? Yeah. <laughs> hey, current events in health class? I'm pretty sure it was uh, in my, like, sixth grade class with Icing Goggle. Yeah, as a name. Well, this might dovetail nicely into our topic here. Go for it. But... 
America's done a lot of stuff that we don't want to address. We're that guy who, like, has been desperately trying to prevent other people from knowing our deep, dark secrets and have just been ignoring them as best we can. So, like, slavery. And if you bring it up, then you're the bad guy. Yeah, us. as soon as you bring up, like, slavery or any of the conversations that I plan on having on this show, then you become the bad guy. You become the guy who's starting right? Stirring the pot. Why stirring the pot for? Yeah, exactly. You're Let it settle. You're stirring the pot. You're, you know, trying to get people angry, essentially. When And hurt feelings. Yeah. There's the big elephant in the room, which is slavery, which, you know, America was built on. Plain and simple. It really was. Well, And the American uh, South wouldn't well, have been a thing. It's not, it wasn't the first layer. I mean, if, if we're going to start with the first layer, the first layer was genocide of the natives. Uh, yeah. The second sin is basically how we treated... Black people who came in. All right, you're not doing your job right. Oh, excuse me. We brought in unpaid labor. Well, no. What uh, I mean is, you. Us, it, it was an internship. You made it through. Congratulations. What I mean is, you forgot to mention the Irish. Oh, that's well. I mean, we did. And the Chinese. Well, yes, but that was later. Well, I mean, I always people saying, "Oh, uh, the Irish was, you know, were treated like crap too." They were. That's true. Yeah. The Irish were treated like crap. The Chinese have been treated like crap for a long time. Japanese, you know, basically anyone who wasn't Western European for a while, and, and even then, and, and so, Irish, yeah, yeah, Ireland, you know, they considered for a while they considered Irish and black basically on the same level because you can't spell ginger without the other word. <laughs> Flip a G and an N, and it's the same thing. It's an acronym joke. Come on, Paul. Anyways, back to slavery because topics. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun time. Very fun. No, not really, because some people would actually believe me if I say that. They'll be like, yeah, he said it was a fun time, so clearly... I mean, it was a fun time for some people. It was a great time if you were a wealthy landowner in the South. Well, define wealthy, I guess someone would say. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. Aspiring there, there was, yeah, landowner. No, like, the really wealthy people had slaves. Everyone else did not. And there was a whole argument for anti-slavery based not around the fact that we should not treat these people like cattle but around the fact that you're taking jobs away from hard-working white folks. So the idea was get rid of slavery so you can employ poor white people. And indeed, we like to make Lincoln sound like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread for black people because eventually he came around to that. But his initial pitch was basically that. What he actually believed is hard to say because he's a politician. I mean, I'm aware of the fact that as far as the North is concerned, the whole abolishing slavery was just a byproduct. It was a good marketing tool. And there were people who it. were against it, obviously. Yeah, but. but I mean, it's a good PR stunt, I would say. You know, one of those, hey, look at us trying to take a quote-unquote moral high ground. You know. But with the abolition of slavery and the uh, assassination of President Lincoln, we come to the problems that arise. Because you got the South that basically never really recovered from the Civil War. And then you had a bunch of black people who never really recovered from slavery because you, you got the whole 40 acres and a mule thing, right? But no one was really given that. And more often than not, they were basically told early on that they were allowed to vote with giant quotation marks, but they, like, they couldn't vote, Yeah. right? There were a bunch of like Jim Crow laws and things like that to prevent black people from voting. There were literacy laws in place. You just have a hundred years of Jim Crow laws of segregation of all this stuff that basically kept black people down 
Like, you know, you, you hear, you stop keeping me down. Like, they, you know, they were quite literally held down economically for a hundred years after they were freed. Yes, it was slightly better in the North, but slightly. You know, you didn't have as many KKK members. So, I mean, you had that going for you. Then you come to the 60s, where things get better. It gets better. It's still a ways to go, but it definitely got better. You get the voter... Well, it also kind of helped it take place in 55 as well. I mean, like, 1955. Yeah. And the reason why I know that is because of Back to the Future. Yes, because Back to the Future is the most historically accurate movie. No, I'm not saying it isn't. It is. But I mean, (laughs) it's not. You know, when they talk about the whole mayor. Yeah. When you think about running for mayor, you know, that stuff. Yeah. Commentary I've heard about that bit has made me go, oh, so 1955 is more or less when things started popping and then didn't really hit full swing. The 50s is, well, I mean... Until the 60s. You had, as you like to always talk about, black people entertaining white America. And that really started happening in the 1900s, like, in full swing. I was going to say, like, 20s. The know. 20s, you know. You get the beginning of jazz and uh, yeah. soul and all that sort well, of Well, I mean, thing. obviously, like, probably 10s yeah. and then leading up to the 20s where it hit full swing. But, yeah. yeah. Swing. Swing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you get... Black people out there in the media actually, like, getting their presence known. And a positive light, too. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, they're... I mean, there's still and, blackface going on, but... Yeah, there's still blackface <laughs> and things like that, but there are positive associations with black culture. There's swing, there's jazz, there's later rock and roll. There's all this, you know, positive stuff. You know, you get a lot of good food, things like that. And slowly but surely, white people are like, hey... They're not that bad. They're not as chimpanzee-like as we think. They seem to be able to create music and do things. Interesting. They can entertain us. They can entertain us. Yay! And then it starts. And then in the 60s, we get better and, you know, we get rid of segregation. Albeit... Like, Slowly. Kicking, albeit Slowly. kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but we get affirmative action, which I argue is was maybe is still helpful because you have to kind of force it at first to get to where you need to be you can argue whether or not it's as useful now the first step's usually the hardest well things are weird things are weirder so in the 60s or excuse me not the 60s the 70s where we get nixon the drug war starts now you've always had drug problems in every single lower income area all over the world right this has always been a thing people who have troubles who want to, to escape, escape. It. you know that's that's human oh that they want to one that won't actually physically kill you try magic the gathering <laughs> you won't be able to afford anything <laughs> and you'll definitely kind of cry inside but at least your physical body won't suffer for it so we got the drug war yeah and that was let's let's be honest here that was focused against black people uh, predominantly the, uh, Black Power Panther. Uh, yeah, the Black, Black Panthers. Yeah. The, the Black, Black Power, Power Panthers. Panthers. <laughs> Which should have been their name. Yeah. Why were they not called the Black Power Panthers? That's a... Because they thought it was too, a bit much. Too much? <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, there's also the slogans. They, they, they already named themselves after a superhero, right? Yeah. That's how that worked. Not the reverse. <laughs> no, it clearly was. Yeah, clearly. Them naming themselves after a superhero. Like... So, we get... Through the drug war, and then we start slowly but surely getting a disproportionate amount of black men, mostly, in prison. So we get this long series, because at this point, the 60s and 70s are 40 years ago. So we have literally two generations where this just keeps happening, where you get a disproportionate amount of black men going into prison. Well, it's because of all the super predators. 
In the words of, in the words of a current nominee, <laughs> it's because of all those super predators. I haven't heard this one. In the uh, mid '90s, what are now called thugs mm. were called super predators. It's not, a thing. I'm not sure why the thugs didn't like grab onto that. Super predator sounds way more dangerous than thugs. <laughs> I mean, well, this was again certain nominees, and not well. It's one of the two that you think it is. We'll say honestly, back in the '90s, the Clintons weren't exactly the most it PC. Was, it's Hills. I thought it was Hillary. It's Hills. Like I, I could see Trump doing that too, being yeah. giant jackass that he I'm is. I'm sure he said something. Well, no, no, because he would never do that. Because we love the blo- he loves the blacks. Yeah, he loves the blacks. Love he loves the Hispanics. Yeah, <laughs> he loves everyone. He's, We're gonna make it. He's a, a front runner. He's uh, I, he's I, the Republican front runner, which is I know. Huh. I know, buddy. I know. That's your fault. It's solely your fault. <laughs> Completely your fault. I, I admit that that is white male America's fault. Why didn't you talk to your people? <laughs> if you had talked to your people, then this could have been avoided. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, Wait, you calling me? The... No, no. Be gotcha. this. Oh, Statistically, hi. most people who listen to podcasts are, you know, pale. But not all. It's an increasing number of black people and other people of... I hate saying ethnic. If ethnic is a dumb word in America. It's an escape. Yeah. It's a it's a cop out. Other peoples there. What you mean other people? Other people apart from what I said. No, you're white. There's no other people. It's just white. It's the germs, the Brits, the Americans, the Australians. There was no other people. So this is the thing though, right? You say, why don't you talk to your people? They're not my people. If I come up to another white man and say, you know, as a fellow white man, you know, you and I. They should think of me as a horrible person because as soon as you start associating like, well, you know, we white men, we have to stick together. That sounds awful KKK-ish. Whereas you as a black guy can be like, you know, you, you see another black guy across the room, you feel like there's a shared connection there. There's the same same with women to some degree. Well, it's right? called being a minority. Yeah. It's, that's really all it is. It's... No, you have, a, you have a shared cultural experience. You have a shared problem with the uh, overall... It's... It's system. Seriously, it's just being a minority being a majority. It's well, I know, I, except the problem is there's also women in that boat too, and women are. I mean, women get called a minority, which is so weird because they are, they are at least fifty percent, probably more. Unless you're in China. Well, yeah, China is sixty six percent male, <laughs> and that's not going to bite them in the butt at all. But I can't do that. Like, I can't be like my fellow well, white men. You can, and people do. You know. Yeah. You know it's who does that? Trump. It's called the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. Really, any kind of glam standing, really. Anytime, you know, you had a person of interest, you know, say, hello, people, come ar- rally around me. At least in American history, it's always a white dude. It's true. Yeah. I mean, there are a few exceptions, obviously, but I mean, proportionally speaking, oh, I mean, it's, it's, still, it's a white dude. It's still true on the internet, man. Yeah. Statistically, if you're a white male, you are far more likely to get ahead than if you're a black male, than if you're a white woman, than anything. Because, you know, I can speak with a level of authority somehow, some way. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have any authority, but, you know, well, our also, culture pushes it. It's fitting into the uh, cookie cutter that they want you in yeah. in a non-threatening manner. Well, that, that's the thing. There's a cookie cutter for you. I'm a non-threatening black guy, yeah. so therefore I'm not scary. So yeah. I have some credence to me now because I am not scary. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? There's a cookie cutter for, like, everyone else, but there isn't really for white people. And I'm not saying this is, like, oh, boo-hoo me. But as a result, I don't have as much connection, right? There's not, like, a stereotype that we're supposed to ascribe to. 
I mean, there is one now, slowly but surely, because we're slowly fixing that in the worst way. You know, instead of getting rid of all stereotypes, we're just adding another stereotype, which is for white men, which is that they're kind of assholes and are insensitive and are prone to going off and shooting up schools. Um, and yet, here in the States, the minorities, we know that if you want to get ahead, get your white buddy to help you yeah, out. Yeah, no, it, it's true. It is. Yeah. You need some white dudes to kind of smooth the deal over. To, to you know, vouch for you. Yeah. And It's the reality. Yeah, it is. Uh, at least here in the States. Now, outside of the States, I can't really vouch for. I'm sure it's, well, you know... We'll get into this when we discuss media it's, at some point. you know, how it is with, in that given country. I mean, obviously you don't need that in, like, Africa, but... Uh, well, it depends on where you are in Africa. Uh, yeah. Africa's a huge continent, so... And, well, also, I mean, don't forget about World War II and colonialism. Oh, yes. And how that kind of just... That was fun for Africa. That was a fun time. It was fun for uh, the Middle East. That's the reason yeah. why it's all screwy there. Yeah. Because we... Well, by we, I mean the British. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually British, obviously. But they basically just made lines arbitrarily. And well, not just the Brits. Not just the Brits. Well, the French did too, but yeah. yes. Europe itself was like playing scavenger hunt. Well, they were in a the very... Dutch, the... They were in a very non-colonial mood, and so they basically got rid of most of them. Yeah. So, we get to this after 40 years of... Basically, taking away father figures, taking away sources of income, we get to the Black Lives Matter movement, which is triggered by a bunch of poorly timed uh, police killings. I know that sounds bad saying poorly timed. Poorly timed? In succession, like, just really rapid fire. It's America. We're all about shooting people. Shoot first, ask questions later. I mean, there were several that go with that. Shoot first, ask questions later. That's America's policy. No, that's true. One of the reasons why I feel like it hits steam is... Well, the internet. Okay, yeah, that's number one. I know that's that's a very easy answer, but... It is number one easily. I'm not sure how it was in white America, but in black America, it's like, yeah, no, that that happens. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. But it wasn't really publicized. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened first was the Trayvon Martin shooting, right? Mm-hmm. With George Zimmerman, who, in spite of his very white name, was actually like Latino, so he didn't quite fit into the narrative that we were going with. But the fact that he got acquitted, regardless of whether or not Trayvon Martin like actually did do anything, and that to me, the jury's still out on that, but the problem was not whether or not he did anything, but the fact that it just felt like this always goes this way. Right? Also, because Zimmerman himself wasn't really... Apologetic. He no, was like, he was not apologetic. He was no. like, yeah, Trayvon killed him. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. Zimmerman is, was basically a vigilante and went after Trayvon. Now, granted, whether Trayvon like, actually hurt Zimmerman first, that's, a, that's debatable. Yeah. And ultimately, to me, it's like, well, he's the one who brought a gun. At the end of the day, Martin was the one who was dead, not Zimmerman. Zimmerman's mostly the one who like instigated everything. Trayvon was more or less where he was supposed to be. You know, he was walking home. I mean, granted, he was probably high, but in my experience, high people do not engage in uh, fisticuffs. <laughs> they are the type that just want to lay on the couch and eat when Doritos. I, no, as I said, I'm a hermit, so I forget things where I don't really look into things. But you said that reminds me of a uh, Chappelle joke about how, like, I think he said, like, in the 70s, maybe, in D.C., how, like, a tendency that cops would do is, like, you know, beat a black person and sprinkle some crack on them. Yeah. And notice how, like... A lot of these allegations that you've been hearing about, some of these people in questions are high or something like that. Mm-hmm. You've been hearing a lot of, and it's one of those. Hmm, well, there's always unarmed but high. Yeah. There's always the insinuation of drugs, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And here's the thing: white America, both per capita 
and on a sheer numbers basis, does more drugs than black America. I know that sounds weird, but like heroin, we do way more heroin than you. We're and, just weed. And, and We're not, just weed. Yeah. You're, you guys are mostly just weed. Like, white America has done a lot of heroin lately, and it's not like the city either. It's like middle class um, America that's like, in certain parts of New England, it's an epidemic. And then forget the and, math. And, and, and math, yeah. I get it. I do. Police officers need to be where they are, and you know they're mostly in the cities. They're not out in the burbs for the most part. And so, you know, where are the most cops in the cities? Where are most black people in the cities? It's affordable. Yeah, it's a you know it's affordable. So we had the Black Lives Matter thing because we had Trayvon Martin. We had just been uh, Michael Brown and uh, Eric Garner. Michael Brown was the thing that triggered the Ferguson thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, what triggered the uh, Baltimore one? Because that was a huge. That was it's lived off now but I mean no well either way um so when, as I see it whenever you have like huge gatherings as far as the Black Lives Matter thing that was Freddie Gray ah and I believe the problem with that one was that like all signs pointed to the cop being really guilty <laughs> uh it was a 25 year old man was arrested by the Baltimore Police Department for possessing what police alleged to be an illegal switchblade while being transported in a, oh, in a police van, Gray fell into a coma and was taken to the trauma center. Couldn't breathe. Because and... he couldn't breathe, because he basically was saying he had asthma. Or, or uh, oh, excuse me, here we go. Gray died. Uh, his death was ascribed to injuries to his spinal cord. The officer was suspended with pay. <laughs> basically, the whole idea was they used unnecessary force, and Gray basically said he was, you know, he was actually being hurt and things like that. And there was the whole I can't breathe thing, which became a... You hashtag. Know, hashtag. Well, what has not become a hashtag at this point? Ain't that the truth. Dear God, Twitter, you're... Calm down, Twitter. Calm <laughs> down. Uh, now, now Twitter's going to be after me now. Yeah. Make a, make a Twitter uh, hashtag. thing. Hashtag. Calm down. No, I, I just meant... He should have a Twitter account. Uh, I do have a Twitter. Account. Oh, you but do I'm have not saying anything about it because... We may just I, find it for you. I don't feel like being bombarded right now. But yeah, all of the officers involved were acquitted or just they were unable to reach a verdict nothing happened in spite of like a lot of evidence to the contrary obviously racism in the police force not a good thing but like the main thing i think that really needs to be done is training the police proper training of the police i am never going to be the guy who on cops you know i'm like, not okay i am not saying i know you're not i know you know but i i do agree like who goes to the police force there are people who want to help other people and then there are people who want power and the ability to, like, lord it over other people. Like, that's the two people who want to be cops. People who do it for just noble reasons and then the people who don't. Those who went for other professions yeah. couldn't get into it, so they set up for what they could get, yeah. the like, police force. Like, being a cop should not be a consolation prize. This should be, like, something that you're paid well at. You should aspire to be this. But that's not the case, you know. Being a cop is, like, a solid middle-of-the-road job it's like middle class through and through which I'm, I'm not saying cops should be rich but you know cops should to me receive empathy training and things like that all the time like they, they should be part psychologist among other things but they're not or well i've also heard though that it's also probably a good idea to have them spend some military training yeah like legit military well, not just... well unfortunately the military have been forced to act like police officers in afghanistan and iraq because we kept staying there no like former military do work well, and yeah. as police officers. It's funny that. The problem is that you get double the risk of PTSD. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'm not saying actually have them serve. I mean, I'm saying just train them like you would train a military. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So here's a thing that I've thought about, and I'll, I'll see how you feel about it. My argument is that you can't be racist, and I argue like, in general, most individuals can't be racist. My argument is that racism is a systemic issue. It's not necessarily a personal issue. Like, yes, obviously there are individuals that hate black people and, you know, go out lynch and go out of their way to be dicks. But generally speaking, the problem comes not from individual white people or individual black people or whatever. It comes from everyone as a whole. So, like, I'll, I'll, I'll use the fun example and compare black people to dogs. It'll be great. So, like, you can say you don't like dogs. Like, you had a bad experience with a dog in the past, and so as a result, you just don't like them. You know, I understand. I get it. It's fine. But what if you have a whole society that for several centuries has not liked dogs in any way, shape, or form? And then we get to a point where we start saying dogs are okay again. Can you really say that after several hundred years of anti-dog, uh, <laughs> anti-dog like legislation, anti-dog <laughs> systemization, <laughs> that like people wouldn't still be like against dogs like just because of the inherent systemic memory? That's fair, right? Like, I'm not sure what can be done about that, short of like disassembling everything and starting from the ground up. But, you know, you can't even do that, really. But that's my point. A system can be racist more and not intentional, right? But what also doesn't help, though, is, you know, some dog, a lot of dogs, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're great. They're lovable. They're amazing. But then you have those fringe elements. Yeah. Which gain the limelight because, of course, they get the limelight. Because you remember the whole dog. Yeah. And those help perpetuate yeah. the animosity towards dogs. And that's, in, that's within cats, that's within birds, yeah. that's within people, that's within fish. I mean, I've, you know, I've worked with black people. They're actual fish, guys. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're fish. They're actual black people. I try not to let that be, like, how I think of black people based on, like, that one incident. But, you know, sometimes it's like, when, when it she... Does, it's not easy. It's, it's not, not easy, easy sometimes, you know? It's like, I know you are not representative of your uh, an entire people, but they might be representative of a street. Yeah. But... I'm just saying. Mm. That's happened a few times where I'm like, hmm, the street. Hmm. You're a dick, You're a dick, You're a dick, You're a dick. Everyone's a dick. On the street. McDonald had a dick. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. I guess my point is, like, what do you think of the riot, I guess? Like, there's all... Like, what starts the riot almost always gets disenfranchised by the riot itself. So, right? usually a lot of times it's, you have the initial core ideal of it. Yeah. And they, they usually mean well. They're yeah. there to just like, hey, we don't approve of this thing. I don't care for this. But then, here's how I kind of see it. Fringe elements, also agents from, you know, the opposition. So you're of the opinion that there are agents within the sort of thing that always, like, start the riot yes and then also a snowball effect adding just the French elements themselves who are radicals because there's always radicals in every yeah every group you have I don't deny that yeah I'm a paranoid person I believe in conspiracy theories and I do believe that sometimes hey an opposition group throwing in you know super agents into a unit to kind of stir things up mm -hmm. you know and maybe help propagate a picture for their own benefit you know that sounds fair yeah I believe that and then 
you snowball it, and then, because I'm sure, I mean, in, in, in every ride, there's still people who are like, guys, no, calm down, you need to oh, yeah. do the thing. But some ball fight says, nah, it's too late, man. It's it's blown over. I mean, your huge massacres. It's usually just like one gunfire, mm-hmm. and then it just blows out of proportion then. Or would you argue that? I mean, I, not, I'd argue against your conspiracy theories. Like, I think it's the old uh, Tommy Lee Jones thing from Men in Black, right? A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky animals. The more people you have together, and especially if they're passionate, if they're angry, then it gets... You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take much for a large group of people to get angry and for that herd mentality, that mob mentality to go off. You know, the Rodney King riots, man, like that was, you know, back in the 90s. That was a thing, too. Not that dissimilar, you know, almost destroyed parts of L.A. I am all for, you know, all, all the uh, First Amendment stuff, like go out, demonstrate, go out. You know, because what you're doing... When you're demonstrating and protesting, you're getting people's attention, right? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, the, the protest itself is not doing anything. What it's doing is trying to get everyone's attention. But awareness. And awareness. So that they're, you know, they know what's going on. And to some degree, if the police go against you, that might actually help. Because that gets more media. Question. We mentioned earlier how the word awesome is overused. And <laughs> yes. awkward is overused. That, but I think that's off mic. Um, Who knows? Awareness. Yeah. That word's been used a lot, I feel, like the past three years at least. Well, th- I agree. This is a, that's a thing. Like, what do you do to, like, actually support a cause? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people now who just want to, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And that's it. They just write the hashtag and be like, oh, I did a good thing. But what they're really doing is just, like, putting that out there and, you know, saying, look at me. I'm up with the times. I'm... You know, trying to be a good person. You know, adore, with the least uh, amount of work. With the possible. least amount of work possible. Adore me for my selflessness. The things you can do to fix it require your time and energy. It and does capital and capital money. really. And yeah, money. no. For any big problem, it requires time, energy, and money. I guess my point about the Black Lives Matter movement comes down to like, I get it, I do, but I feel like there is no real leadership. There have been a few, but there hasn't been, like... There's not a face. Yeah, there's not a face behind it. And as a result, just like the, um... Oh, what was it called? Any rally, any protest. Any of these populist movements, like, because there's no face behind it, like, uh... Occupy Wall Street. Remember that? Like, Mm -hmm. that faded into obscurity because, by its very nature, it didn't like organization. You need at least two things. You need a face, and you need an end goal. You need a clear end goal that's feasible, yeah. that's plausible. Yeah, a feasible end goal. Like, yeah. that was, to some degree, the problem with the Black Panthers. It was like, they wanted all blacks to be excluded from military service. They wanted, like, compensation. They wanted a whole bunch of stuff, which, uh, like, I'll admit, they probably deserved it, possibly, maybe. But they were never going to get it. You need proper strategy. Yeah. You know, you need a good PR agent. You need a face. And you need a clear end goal that's, you know... Plausible. So, Obama recently talked to the last vestiges of the Black Lives Matter movement and basically said, you know, you need to get your together. Not in that 
phrase. Actually, at this point, that's career, true. Obama doesn't give a. At anymore. this point in his career, I'm sure he's like he's really entertaining now. <laughs> well, I mean, he always there was already he already was. No, you know, I mean, when he was allowed to actually, you know, just shoot and be like, hey, well, I'm saying words. Like I have mixed feelings about Obama, but you know, he's been very middle of the road. He's been very calm well, the entire time. He's and had to. I well, I know. Like he's had to be that way. He's the first. Yeah, he he's the first. He can't be the angry black man. He's the first. He has to be like, you know, oh, he's not been doing much. He can't. Yeah. He's the first. He has to be as like vanilla as he can. Yeah. Th- disagree with me if you want, but it's basically like almost non-existent now, right? Like, and and with so much of this What's stuff. What's non-existent? Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement itself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely irrelevant. Oh no, I I agree. There's still probably you know black. People dying without reason. <laughs> so I'm like, like that's been what a, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's been a constant basically, and this has been one of those things that just keeps going. Like we had the Rodney King thing twenty odd years ago, and now we have this, and it's so easy for us to just get distracted and move on from it and accept it as status quo. Well, what would help a lot though is if the minority groups would be able to. Coalesce? No. Establish that we have different demographics mm-hmm. within ourselves. Oh, yeah. And I mean, because what I mean is, like, if a hillbilly commits a atrocity, all white folks will, you know, suffer for it. Yeah. You know, it's an isolated event. Yeah. We want the same thing. <laughs> oh, I... We want the same thing. <laughs> that when a rambunctious lad who was raised by the streets does what he does because he that's how... That's what he knows... You know, don't put us all in that box. You know. Well, we have a tendency in politics to, to generalize yeah, to for generalize. our political agenda. You know, you say the black vote like it's this one yeah. monolithic thing, and you know that's not the case. That's now, not the case. I mean, granted, what I just said there, like, I don't see too many black folks disagreeing with what I just said. Yeah, I don't see. It. I mean, like, I'm sure the people are like, no, we're all the same. We're all the same. We all need to stick together. <laughs> but I think by and large, one of us. But I'm pretty sure by and large they can all agree, like, no, we're not all the same. Yeah. We're all different. I mean, granted, you should have categories, blah, blah, but I mean, we do anyways. So I'm saying, can we just have our own little demographics, you know, just to, hey, we're this kind, we're that kind, we're that kind. <laughs> so what you want are more stereotypes. Um, well, y'all whites have them. Why can't well, we? That's true. <laughs> you know? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, you know, white, okay, let's go with French and Australians. They're both white, but do you guys consider them the same? Typically not. Okay. But they're also from different countries. Okay, but they're both white. Yeah. Okay, fine. How about Bost- white Bostonians and white Minnesotans? There you go. That's more of an accurate one. I'll, okay. I'll agree they're different, yeah. Okay. Why can't we have the same? I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I know you're not, but I mean, like... I know, where... You're point. a soundboard. You know, the Deep South black should be different than the New England black, should be different than the Detroit black, should be different from... Etc, etc. Well, Detroit itself is a whole different animal. Well, Detroit... <laughs> Detroit, <laughs> Detroit, Detroit is basically, like, you know, all those post-apocalyptic... It's like the Hunger Games there already. Yeah. Except people are actually hungry. I think they actually... Really sad. I think I heard something about them wanting to do, like, a zombie apocalypse park there. I think I heard that they once. wouldn't have to change anything. <laughs> they wouldn't. Well, more bad salts, I guess. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that's is that still a thing. Is that, yeah, is that, is so... that a, is oh, that, damn, is that that's a legit scary. thing? Yeah, it's a legit thing. Mm. That's scary. No, it, it's terrifying. 
Actually, I've also, speaking of bad stuff, I've heard about, like, scientists, because science is cray right? <laughs> um, they're, like, trying to reanimate the dead, I've heard, or something like that. Maybe, maybe resurrect the dead, or... Preserve anim- it, or, or, you know. People are like, dude, do you want zombies? That's how you get zombies. Immortality technology is slowly but surely becoming a thing. Which is, I'm against. But then again, I'm not that young, so obviously immortality is the worst case scenario for me. Well, you gotta get working on that, Paul. Well, natural causes is taking way too damn long. But I'm already starting by helping out with this podcast. It's true. <laughs> Hopefully someone will take a shot at you. It'll be great. <laughs> that sounds like a good ending. Yeah, <laughs> that's really all of our goals. <laughs> this podcast, multifold. Yeah. And it helps my friend out. Aw. Because I'm all about the friendship. Friendship is magic.